Parshat Vayigash. Unity and sanctity. Everyone remembers the story of how Yosef HaTzadik had disguised himself from his brothers as the Mishneh Lamelech of Paro until the time came to reveal to them who he really was. He couldn't restrain himself any longer now. He was about to announce to his brothers, Ani Yosef, it's me, your long-lost brother Yosef. But before he would make himself known to his brothers, he made an announcement. He called out, everyone else, leave the room. He wanted all of the foreigners, all of the Egyptians to leave. And now, only now, when Velo Ahmad Ish Ito, nobody was standing with him in the palace except for his brothers. Yosef Elechav. That's when Yosef made himself known to his brothers. Now, that's a question. Why did Yosef insist that nobody should witness this reunion of the brothers? So Rashi says, Lo Yosef couldn't bear. That the Egyptians should be standing there. Why not? Rashi says, because he didn't want the Egyptians to see how his brothers would be ashamed or embarrassed when he would say, Ani Yosef. Now, Rashi says his reason, and it certainly is a true and good reason. But it's a prat. It's one detail. There are many more general reasons. That, by the way, is a principle that you have to know when you're learning Rashi and Mamne Chazal in general. They don't always say the full Peshat. They say a Chiddush, an addition, a detail of the Peshat. And that's what Rashi's doing here. He's telling us one detail of the Peshat. But the Peshat is said by the Pasuk itself. The Pasuk states, Yosef HaTzadik didn't want any stranger to be present when he was about to be reunited with his brothers. That's the plain meaning. Where there will be a reunion of brothers, a Gentile doesn't belong. Why not? What's the problem with witnessing the reunion of long-lost brothers? The love between them? I saw that once. It wasn't even a Jewish family. A few Italian brothers were meeting each other after being separated for more than 10 years. And they were bawling. They were crying like little children. I appreciated that. It was something to see. And so what would have been so bad if the Mitzvim saw some brotherly love among Jews? Maybe they would have learned a thing or two. And the answer is, it's true. I'm sure the Mitzvim would have benefited. But there was a reason they couldn't remain. And that's because it wasn't an Italian reunion. It was a Jewish reunion. A reunion of Jewish brothers. Of Shifteka. And therefore, it was too holy of an occasion for outsiders. Too holy of a place for the Gentile to be present. That's a fundamental truth. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu taught us about this world. There are times and places where the Shekhinah is present to such a degree that it warrants keeping the Goyim out. Some things are just too holy for their presence. Let's take the Beis HaMikdash, for example. A Goy cannot come into the Mikdash. Even where Temeim are permitted, a Goy wasn't allowed. There was a sign hanging outside of the Beis HaMikdash in Latin. If a non-Jew enters these precincts, he'll be put to death. And the Goyim were very careful, because the Beis Din Shel Kohanim would execute any Gentile who was caught in the forbidden precincts. They would take him outside of the Azara and put him to death. And the Roman government approved of that, because even they understood that Gentiles have no right to come into the sanctuary. To a superficial extent, they understood. 
What's a goy doing in a holy place of the Jews? We, of course, understand it more. A goy should come into the place of an especial degree of Ashra Sashrina. If it's a place where the Shechina comes down, then it's something especially for his children. To allow a Gentile there would be a sacrilege, a degradation of the importance of that place. Same with the Kedusha of Shabbos. Now Shabbos is not a place, but it's a Chiddush of the Torah that time can also possess Kedusha. Certain days are more holy than others, and Shabbos is the most sacred of all. Means that Hashem imparted a Kedusha into the time. The day itself. And there too we know that Goyim are not allowed. Like it says in the Siddur, in the Shabbos Tefillah, No Goyim are able to come into our day of rest. It means that Shabbos is off limits to them. It's too holy for Arelim, for the uncircumcised. That's why no Chrisha Shabbat, Chayev Misa. A Gentile is Chayev Misa if he keeps Shabbos. It's because he's going where he doesn't belong. It's like walking into a base amigdash. He's trampling on sacred ground. Shabbos is a special sanctuary only for Am Hashem, for the holy people. And if you're not from Am Yisroel and you walk there anyhow, you're Chay of Misa. It doesn't mean you should go out and shoot him, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu will take care of him. Once a man, a goy, came to me. I was in my office in Chaim, Berlin, and someone knocked on my door. He's standing there wearing a banjo on his back, and he tells me he's contemplating becoming a gear. He wants to be Jewish, and someone told him that he should speak to me. I've been keeping Shabbos a long time already, he tells me. So I said, stop, it's dangerous, don't do that. Every Shabbos, switch on the light at least once. Because it's not for them. Just like the Migdash is a place of the Shechina, Shabbos is a time of the Shechina. It's a sanctuary of time that is too holy for strangers. If you're not from the holy nation, then the holy day is not for you. And we come back to our subject, to Yosef and his brothers. Why did Yosef have to send out the Mitzrim? Because just like the Mikdash and Shabbos are too holy for outsiders, there's too much Shechina there to allow the presence of Goyim. When Jews reconcile, that's also a place of Kedusha. It's a place where the Shechina comes with an intensity that is not found elsewhere. Jewish reunions are very holy. Don't think it's easy to reconcile. It means a commitment to be mevater, to overlook things. What it means is that you'll have to make yourself into a person who is more shalem in his midas, ben Adam l'chaveiro. Yosef Atzadik had been separated from his brothers for many years, and there had been friction, trouble and recriminations. There was jealousy and rivalry. And now they are coming together again, which means shlemes hamidas. And that's the Kedusha that was there at that time. The perfection of character is what makes a place holy. At that moment, when Yosef met his brothers again after so many years, it was a time of such Kedusha that no stranger had a right to be present. It was Mamish, a base Hamigdash, and therefore, Lo Amad Ish Ito. No stranger was permitted to stand there. Bhidvada Yosef El Echav. When Yosef rejoined his brothers, it's not just a form of speech here, some poetic words that the Shlemis Hamidus of Achdus is holy. No. It's very real, very tangible. 
the ichud, the union of from Jews, is so pleasing to Hashem that he chooses to rest his presence there more than anywhere else. It's so holy that Goyim can't even be present. Later, when the Egyptians inquired, why did you give this order that we should leave? What was going on there when we left? So Yosef could say, oh, I'm sorry about that, but my brothers might have been embarrassed. I didn't want to put them through that in public. That's the right thing to tell a goy, and it's true too. But there's a deeper reason, a much more important reason, and that was the Kedusha of the reuniting of Yosef and his brothers. The Kedusha that comes from the perfection of character that is achieved when people are forced to get along. To be b'shalom, be'achdus, getting along with others means learning how to bend and twist your desires to the whims and quirks of your fellow man. It has to be that way. Otherwise, it's impossible to be together. There's a tremendous perfection of character that comes along with reconciliation. That's one of the reasons, by the way, why Yom Kippur, Kal Nidre night, is so holy for the Am Yisroel. Among the other aspects of Kedusha that it has, there is something special that makes it even more Kaddush. Kal Nidre night is a time when people have reconciled. They've made up with each other. Al pi halacha, that's what they have to do. Because ein yom akipurim mechaper al shiratze et chavedo. Yom Kippur won't help you for sins against your fellow Jew unless you appease him first. And therefore, everyone is careful to reconcile. Every married man before he leaves the house to go to the basic anesis on Yom Kippur night asks his wife to forgive him. And she asks him to forgive her. Everyone, every man, every woman, every child tries as much as possible to reconcile with their fellow Jews before Yom Kippur. You do what you can to forget about your hakpadas, to appease and to be appeased. And then they all come together to the Beis HaKaneses with the Kedusha of togetherness. And just that alone is why there's a very great Kedusha on Kaldidre night. Hashem's chosen people have reconciled. Now, it could be that we don't appreciate that. We don't understand how important the perfection of character is. What a kedusha it is when a person breaks his midas. You know, the Gras says in his Sefer Evan Shlema that the most important function of a Jew is to learn to break his midas. Shviras hamidas. And if he won't do that, lama lo What's the purpose of living? You hear that? A remarkable statement. And the Grau wasn't a man who said rash things. He didn't exaggerate. The purpose of life is to break your character traits. Breaking your arrogance, your gaiva. Breaking your kas. Becoming a patient man. Breaking your selfishness. Breaking your machlaikis with other people. I want to do it this way. But the other thinks his way is the way. So you give in. You break your will. And even sometimes when you can't, but you try to be diplomatic. You bend this way and that way. You twist yourself to get along with everybody. And you're fulfilling your purpose in life because you're perfecting yourself. That's what the Vilna Gaon says. Now, you can be sure that Yosef Atzadik understood that even more than the Vilna Gaon. He understood what it meant to be reunited with his brothers. Not just one brother, all his brothers. And what kind of brothers? The Shifteka. And so, it was to him like the base Hamigdash and Shabbos. That's what it means. The Kedusha of perfection of character.
Now, you might be surprised to hear this, but that's why it's so important to be married. You know, some people think that marriage is for the purpose of building a family, but actually, that's a separate subject. You have to know that marriage, even without children, is a very important form of perfection. You'll have a big family in Mirza Hashem, but we're talking now about something even more important than building a family. We're talking about building yourself the greatest achievement of a home. And I use the word greatest, beliguzma, without exaggeration, is the shlemes habidis that you yourself acquire by living together in a house with someone else. You know, a bachelor can be selfish and stubborn and arrogant and everything else, and he can still think he's the biggest sadik. Why? Because he never had any conflict with somebody else's will. But then he gets married, and suddenly he discovers that not only is he in action with bad midas, but his wife also is in action. She's also selfish and a balgaiva. And even if she's the perfect wife, sugar and spice and everything nice, but she has her own ways of thinking. Women are entirely different from men. They have different minds, even though she's from the base Yaakov and he's from the yeshiva. And so, to some extent, they have interests in common, but it's still not the same. Some women are surprised when they discover that their husbands are men, but that's the plan. She's a woman and he's a man, and they're going to rub against each other. Now, what happens when two stones with rough edges rub against each other for a long time? They are smoothed out. Living with another person means you are constantly being put on the emery wheel on which diamonds are polished. Constantly, you must polish your rough edges in order to live under one roof together. To get along with a woman, to get along with a man, a man is a very troublesome creature, and a woman is also a troublesome creature. And when two troublesome people get together and force themselves to get along, they make use of the opportunities. So after a while, they become smooth diamonds. Their characters are polished. And that's why, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was contemplating creating the woman, he said, Lo tov adam levado. It's not good for a man to be alone. What does it mean, it's not good? Some people like it very much to not be bothered with people. The answer is that a person can't become good if he's not bothered by his fellow man. A man's midas, his character, doesn't develop when he's alone. He does what he wants. He does as he pleases. Here's a bachelor. He lives by himself. He told me that he has a telephone book. And when he eats milchigs, so he opens up to the page in the book. And that's his milchig mat. Then, if he's going to have chicken for supper, so he turns the page in the telephone book. And that's his fleshig mat. The next day he turns again. A true story. Next year, he'll get a new phone book and start all over again. Now try that with a wife in the house. It won't work. It won't fly. With a woman in the house, you have to learn how to behave. It doesn't matter what you want, what you think is better. There's always another opinion here. And you have to learn how to yield, how to accommodate yourself to somebody else, to get accustomed to living with somebody else. Let's say she tells you certain things that she wants you to do. She wants you to do this in this and this way. So even though you think you have a better way, obey her anyhow. Give her the feeling of nachas ruach, that you're following her system of doing things. And her with him, same thing. 
Why do you have to have it your way? Bend your will to hers. And even sometimes, it may be a little inconvenient to you. Nevertheless, give up a little convenience for the sake of gaining the perfection of adjusting, of bending, of self-control and humility. So the years go by, and both of you have to struggle. Constantly, you have to grit your teeth. Constantly, you have to swallow your anger. Constantly, you have to swallow your hurt. Your words, too. You have to swallow your words. It can't be helped. Again and again, you must be Omeid Binisoyun, and it means that you're changing. Every day you're becoming better and softer and wiser and more patient and more humble. All of your rough edges are being smoothed out. Don't think it's nothing. It's everything. It's the reason why Hashem made it that way. It's the purpose of marriage. That's the tov of marriage. And it's such a great achievement when a husband and wife live together with that ideal of Shlemus Hamidus, that ish isha shalom b'nehem. If they can live together more or less in harmony, shechina b'nehem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is happy to be among them. Isn't that a remarkable statement? We should sit and study those words all our lives. How could it be that the shechina should come down between an ordinary Mr. and Mrs.? All right. They're Shomnei Torah and Mitzvahs, but they're not the G'doy Lehador. It's not a base HaMegdash. Why should the Shekhinah come down? And the answer is, it is a base HaMegdash. A home where Shalom is practiced, where good character is formed, that makes them Kaddush. And it's such a Shlemus, such a great achievement, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, yes, that's where I'm going to be a place where two people are dedicated to a career of getting along, of constant shleimus hamidus, that's the place of holiness where I'll come in. And even if somebody didn't start out on the right foot, even though they're married many years, even 20, 30 years later, they could always make a new beginning. The opportunity for bringing the shechina into the home is still open for everyone. And so it's a good idea to make a decision. Starting today, no matter what, each one will try to be gentle and to speak politely. He might get on her nerves. He's so stubborn, so rude. But she bends. She yields and overlooks and ignores. She stifles her desire to respond. If she must say something, she should go to the bathroom and run the water and flush the toilet and say it. Only he shouldn't hear. That's a greatness on her part. Every time she bends, her character improves, and she becomes more of a kadosh. And he, same thing. You know women are many times nervous. Women go through certain periods of difficulties. Be'etsev teldei banim. Having children is not easy. And managing children, a house of children, sometimes drives women almost crazy. And many times they're nervous and wild and unreasonable. Very good. That's your opportunity to smooth your rough edges. And so each one tries as much as possible to stifle their desire to misbehave and to respond to the foolishness of the other. It's not always easy. Sometimes you fall, but you get up again. You break your arrogance a little more and you apologize. Again and again, you yield one to the other. You know what they're accomplishing? Not only are they keeping out of divorce court and guaranteeing that they'll walk their grandchildren down to the chuppah together, that's excellent. But even better, they are achieving shleimus of character. 
Now, once you understand what an opportunity marriage is, so you will introduce certain minhagim that will help both lubricate the relationship and lubricate the midas. You want to ask for something? If you'd always say, please, to each other, does it cost you money? You always say, thank you, to each other. Not only the first year. Always, always show appreciation. Always gratitude. Hakara Satov is the foundation of the pure neshama. To train yourself in the attitude of being grateful. Absolutely, it's a perfection of the neshama. Not only politeness and gratitude. As much as possible, find ways of giving compliments. Overcome your laziness and your stubbornness and compliment her for the cooking. After supper, tell her how good of a meal she served today. On Shabbos, compliment the challah. It tastes so good, so sweet. When you walk in from the base medrash, say, how nice and clean your house is. Or say, you're an expert manager, a good balabusta. Say something from time to time, anything. You're really an Asha's chayil. It's not natural. You don't feel like saying it? That's what the Vilna Gaon means when he says that Shvidas Hamidas is the purpose of life. Breaking your bad character. Breaking your natural inclinations. And so make sure to compliment your wife on her looks. Even when she's an old lady, she still wants to hear how she looks. That's how women are. That's their nature. And don't be stingy. Be lavish with your praise. Always say good words about her appearance, as long as you're alive. And wives to their husbands. She has to show appreciation of the husband too. If the husband is Isaac and Toida, she should praise him. If she sees he makes a bracha with kavana, she should praise him. It's a pleasure to hear you make Kiddush, or it's a pleasure to hear you say Birkas Amazon. From time to time, she should compliment him on bringing Parnassa into the home. It's not easy making a living. And she should encourage him with a few words. Anything he does, she should utilize in order to gain shlemus for herself. Because her perfection is the way she deals with her husband. Now, after a while, you'll get more opportunities. Children come along and that's also an opportunity for shlemus of good character. A father and mother have to get along with their children. And each child is different from the next one. And the mother and father sometimes have different ideas about what to do about little Chaim, and they have to cooperate with each other. They have to do it. They can't help themselves. They're chained together in marriage, and they have sons and daughters. They have to marry them off eventually, and then their grandchildren come, and then the family all the time are busy making peace with each other. With Michutanim, you also have to get along. It's work. But it's the best type of work because it's the great achievement of character. They have perfected themselves with years of toiling, years of restraining themselves, of keeping their tempers, of being patient. And it's so great that the place where it happens becomes a place of holiness, like Shabbos, like the Mikdash. It becomes a place of an especial presence of the Shekhinah. Because of the perfection of character that they both achieve, the area between the four walls of their home, their little humble abode becomes a place of intense Kedusha. Because the Shekhinah dwells there with an intensity unmatched anywhere else. Before we conclude, I'll tell you something else that might surprise you. This Shlemus that you achieve in your home is what prepares you for Yemos HaMashiach. 
people always ask that question. What can we do to bring Mashiach? To prepare for that time of Amachazir Shekhinah Tolitzioin. When the Shekhinah will return once again to Eretz Yisrael. And if you listen carefully, you will hear the answer now. In Shemona Esrei we say, We're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to blow on a great trumpet for our freedom. A great trumpet means that it's for the world. We are asking that he should make a big announcement so that the nations of the world should hear that the Am Yisrael are now free. That we can go as we wish and nobody can restrain us. It will be a warning to the nations. Nobody should interfere. My children are going home now. And then finally, will be fulfilled. That's what we're looking forward to. Collect us together from the four corners of the earth. A great day in the history of the world. From all corners of the earth, we will come streaming back to Eretz Yisrael. Now when you say, it means to collect us. We want Hashem to gather us. So it should say, Gather us from the four corners of the world. What's the word yachad? Together. It's superfluous. If he's going to gather us, then it's going to be together. How else could it be? But it's not superfluous. Not at all. Because when we talk about the great time of Amachazir of the Shekhinah coming back with us to Eretz Yisrael, we have to know that Yachad, that's a requirement. It's only when the Am Yisrael come together with a real Achdus. That's when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ready to bring back his Shekhinah to Tzion. Yachad is not superfluous at all. It's an important condition. Now I understand that today this word Achdus, togetherness, is bandied around. But it's all wrong. It's not understood like some reform rabbis and conservative rabbis, and I'm afraid modern orthodox rabbis do. They like to tell their congregations when they come together, it's togetherness that counts. That's a word they all like. Achdus, togetherness. So they're sitting together, the ladies and the men, and they're munching, they're eating together at a synagogue, supper, there's no mechitza, of course, and they're enjoying themselves. It's togetherness that counts. No, no. All that is just talk. When we say Yachad, we're talking about Shlemus Hamidus. And that has nothing to do with the Achdus of synagogue dinners. Because when we're gathered together, it's going to be Me'arba Kanfot Ha'aretz from the four corners of the world. Jews will come from far eastern countries. They'll come from South Africa. They'll come from Russia and Australia. Maybe from India, they'll also come. There's going to be the Lubavitcher and the Satmer and the Babavar there. The Polish Jews and the Hungarian Jews and German Jews and Litvish Jews. And then there's Sephardim too. And the Sephardim are not all one. There are Sephardim from Syria and Sephardim from Egypt and Sephardim from Teman and from Persia. All kinds of Sephardim. And they all have their own Minhagim. All kinds of yeshiva people too. There's Lakewood and Chaim Berlin and Mir Yeshiva and Tells. All kinds. All kinds of people. Don't think they're all the same. Each one has his own ways. In this yeshiva, they don't say, Baruch Hashem le'oilam amen ve'amen by Marev. And in that yeshiva, they do. 
Did you ever see the yeshivas come together at a chasana? There's an argument. They're davening Marav before the chuppah. So someone goes up to daven to be the shots. Should he say, Baruch Hashem le'olam or not? I'm a Chaim Berliner. I can't say it. But the rest of us are not. You have to say it. It's an argument. What should you do? Now when Mashiach comes, it will be worked out. Exactly how it will be up to the Sanhedrin that's going to be there to make a decision. But it will be worked out. What Nusuch will they daven? Nusuch Sfard or Nusuch Ashkenaz? I think there will be a showdown there. The Sanhedrin will say that we should all come back to the original Nusuch. But what's the original Nusuch? That's the problem. The Anshe Knesset Sagadoyla made only one Nusuch. It didn't make ten different Nuschos. But one way or another, we'll come back to the original Nusuch. Everybody will find out that he's making some mistakes. And we're going to come back to one Nusuch together. And then... Everyone will call out to the one Hashem with the same language, the same Nusach of Tefillah. And so Minhagim, Halachas, it will be arranged. It will be worked out satisfactorily. But there's something else, a bigger problem, something that the Sanhedrin won't be able to do for you. Now pay attention. There's a machlekes in the Gemara about what will happen in the time of Mashiach. What it's going to look like. So one opinion is that it's going to be a supernatural existence. Not what we are accustomed to today, but an entirely different kind of existence. I won't go into that, however, because the other opinion is what we follow. Oilam shimin hago nohek. The world will be the same as today. It will be a natural existence, just like it is right now. You will have to eat to remain alive. You'll have to go to sleep in order to be healthy. You'll marry and have children. You'll have neighbors too. It will be a natural existence. The only difference will be that we will be putter from Shibud Malchius. The nations will realize our superiority and we won't be subject to the nations anymore. Otherwise, it will be like today. That's what the Rambam follows. And that's the consensus opinion of the Chachmei HaToyrah. Oilam Kiminhago Noheg. The world will continue as is. And that's not really such good news. Because when you come together in Yerushalayim with Mashiach, you'll be taking along with you all the things that make trouble for us today. You know... People will still have cars. And people will have driveways. You want to park your car? Your neighbor wants to park his car. It will be a question. Am I blocking the driveway too much? Or are you just being too stingy? There'll be husbands and wives. Women are not going to have the same interests as men just because Mashiach came. Your wife will still talk too much. And your husband will be mean sometimes. Oilam kminhago nohe means that there will be friction sometimes. There will also be tenants and landlords in the days of Mashiach. You'll have neighbors still. Your neighbor's little boy might break your window with his ball, and you'll have to deal with the father. He'll say, he's not Chayev, and you'll say yes, and you'll have to get along with him. And there will be bosses and employees and neighbors, all kinds of problems like today. Now, how is it that we'll be Zoyche to the Shechina then? How will we merit that the presence of Hashem will return with us? The answer is, by means of Yachad, the unity of our nation, 
the perfection of character that each individual will achieve in order to get along with everyone, is what will make the Shekhinah rest by us in a way not before in our history. I told you once already that the Sefer Derech Hashem says that. He's talking there about Matan Torah, and he quotes the Pasuk. It says, Vayicha neged ha'har. Yisrael encamped in front of the mountain. And the Chachamim note that Vayichan is singular. Vayichan, not Vayachanu. He encamped, not they encamped. And they say that it means Vayichan ki'ish echad. They were all like one person. And because they were all united like one person, the Derech Hashem says, that's why Vayeret Hashem al Har Sinai. That's why they merited that Hashem came down to give them the Torah. It's a remarkable statement. When the whole Klal Yisrael is together, not only physically, but they actually get along with each other, they bend their will to each other's idiosyncrasies and quirks of character. That's what brings the Shekhinah down. And therefore, that's going to be a requirement for those great days. Our big job is going to be to become Yachad. I'm not interested only in in gathering you from the four corners of the earth, Hashem says. I want it to be I want you to be gathered together. And I'm not going to rest the Shechina on you unless it's Yachad. When we're able to get along with each other, despite all of our differences, then we will have the Shechina again. For the Shechina to be with us with the intensity we want, for that time in history, we're going to need to be yachad. Now, don't think it's going to happen all of a sudden. It won't just happen by fiat, a command of Hashem, that you'll be yachad. In order to be ready for the geula, it's necessary for us to practice up right now. We have to rehearse beforehand. Because who knows? Every day he might come. It could be tomorrow. So we have to practice up today. And that's why when we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, V'kapsenu yachad, every day in our tefillahs, he says, well, are you ready? As much as you can do, you should do yourselves now. Rehearse for it now, because when the time comes, and I'll bring you all together, what's going to happen? It will be Oilam Kiminhago, and you'll be surprised. I won't give you good character by means of a miracle. And therefore, beyachad is your job to prepare. It doesn't mean just to say words. Achdus, yachad. To say, I'm yachad with the Jews of Australia or in Tel Aviv. That's easy to say from your home in Brooklyn. It's good to say, but it has nothing to do with the shlemes hamidus that's needed for getting along perfectly with the ones you come in contact with. The ones who get on your nerves. You have to become accustomed to other people's natures. That's the real trick of Yachad. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it that way. That no two human beings have the same nature. And therefore, that's an important function of our lives. To be aware of the function of Yachad. Brothers have to learn to get along. Daughters-in-laws with their mothers-in-law. Mechutonim with each other. Neighbors and landlords and tenants and bosses. And so... If you're looking to prepare for the Gula, you should understand that it's the perfection of character in getting along with everyone, which will make us ready for and worthy of those great days of Ashras Hashchina. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. When Jews get together and reconcile, it creates a moment of sanctity because perfection of character is a Kedusha.
Three times every day we ask Hashem to gather us together and take us to Eretz Yisroel. And that's a reminder for us about one of our most important functions in this world. To achieve the perfection of character that Yachad requires. The Yachad with our spouses, our families, our friends, our neighbors, even with the most difficult ones. This week, every time I say this bracha in Shmon Esrei, I will, Beli Neder, stop for 30 seconds and think about how I can best apply this lesson in my own life, in my dealings with all of my fellow Jews.